The stewardship is so important because we can look at this many different ways and in your handout. If you don't have one, Brother Ben, uh, Brother uh, uh, Reed has one. And it's also electronically, of course, in your app. You can go into the app and all of the lessons that I have taught on kingdom lifestyle and kingdom principles are all in the church app. So if you don't have a handout, please just lift up your hand and we can get you one. Uh, but it opens up here by saying the Greek word for stewardship is okonomie, from which we derive the word economy. A steward in biblical times was entrusted with the management of a household or acted as the administrator of the affairs and possession of another. As Christians, we act as stewards of what we call our own, but actually it belongs to God. Stewardship of our temple, we will look at first, and in order to glorify God, in order to glorify God with our bodies, we must realize that we are bought with a price. We must carefully and purposely consider how we treat our bodies, which are temples of the Holy Ghost. We should take care of this gift of life God has given to us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. And you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, we live in an era where there is a lot of controversy over abortion and not having abortions. Now, I'm not going to dive into that topic, but I do want to dive into the importance of understanding who your body belongs to. It is important that you understand that before you make a decision, any decision in your life, I don't care if it's abortion or if it's a piercing or it's a tattoo or if it's anything that you place in your body or on your body, you need to understand that your body is not yours, that your body does belong to God. So we as Christians, as believers, cannot fall into the trap of the world and, and trap may not be the right word, but it's really just uh, the ways of the world where the world says, this body is my body and you cannot decide what to do with my body. Now, I'm not for government or anybody telling you what to do with your body, but I am for people uh, having a recognition that your body is not yours. And before anybody does anything to your body, you should check with God first. And how you check with God, Pastor? Well, that's a great question. You go to his word. If his word says don't do it, then don't do it. If the Bible says to not pierce yourself or don't make any marking on your body, not even for the dead, that's what the Bible says in the book of Leviticus then that means you don't tattoo your body uh, and so if the body talks about that we are not to be drunken with wine whereas in is in excess but be full of the spirit then that lets us know we shouldn't be putting alcoholic beverages into our body that we should be full of the holy ghost if i want anything in my body i want more of the holy ghost in my body and before i put anything on my body i want to make sure i glorify god in everything that i do so i don't even look and try to go outside and try to do things to try to please people and to try to please man or to try to draw the attention of another opposite sex but I want the attention of Jesus Christ because if you're trying to draw the attention of the opposite sex you probably got on the wrong thing anyway and you go get the wrong person looking at you they're not going to want you for what's inside of you they're going to want you for what's on you let's get back to the notes here 
So it's important to understand that you are to glorify God in everything that you do. It says in order to glorify God with our bodies, we must realize we are bought with a price. We are not our own, but rather we belong to God and must act accordingly. Peter wrote that we were redeemed from sin by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And recognition of that redemption should cause us to respond accordingly. Paul's audience in Corinth mistakenly assumed only their spirit or soul were important. So he addressed the need to glorify God in body or the tabernacle of flesh and in spirit. It is important that we define the body in order to ensure we glorify God in body. Now, the reason why we should understand this text is because this is how you should see things through the lens of the scripture if you don't see things through the lens of, of the scripture you will see things through the lens of the world and if you see things through the lens of the world the world says everything is okay you can do anything you want and it does not matter without consequence but as that's not what the word says and so we must see things through the lens of the word of God and so everything that we do must line up with the word of God and if you're not sure just go back and read it go and ask someone before you just go and do something then you regret what you have done that's why I thank the Lord for mercy I thank him for mercy because even in my ignorance God has been merciful upon me I think everybody ought to say amen to that even in our ignorance we don't even understand but God is still excusing what we have done but that doesn't mean we shouldn't repent of what we have done we still have to come to a place of re am I going too fast here tonight is this okay we still have to come to a place of repentance and ask the Lord to help us because repentance is a change of mind because we want our mind to be changed so therefore one thing doesn't turn into two things does that make sense because what the world wants to do to your body is contagious it is something that you don't want to just stop at one you want to continue to do it over and over and over again all right and, and that's what the world injects into you that's why many things that are created they are created for a limited time or a limited offer why so you can go back to the store and get it again Mm -hmm. some of the most fascinating things and the things that we desire they only sell them in small bites or small handfuls or small boxes why so that you can replenish it and, and, and so it's important to, to see that, that that we must see that and understand that's what the world does so we must see things through the lens of the scripture so in Genesis chapter 2 verse number 7 it states and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul it was into Adam's body God breathed the breath of life when we are filled with the Holy Ghost it is the spirit of God dwelling within us it is by the very breath of God our body has any life at all. The psalmist wrote, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. We must carefully and purposely consider how we use our bodies. We are expected to maintain the temples of our bodies we should take care of this gift of life God has bestowed upon us it is imperative we take caution concerning the things we put in our bodies such as the foods the drinks 
other substances and supplements. As apostolics, I don't hear this taught enough, and it should be taught enough, and as long as I'm pastor, I'm going to be teaching on it, hopefully enough, but oftentimes we focus on outer and not inner, and it should be both. We focus so much on the outer and people are putting things in them that should not be going in them and it's destroying you very slowly. Uh, and so that is very, very important that if we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the temple of God, and say, see, sometimes, you, you know, I've heard people try to use that scripture. It's not what goes in the man that defiles, but what comes out of the man that defiles. No, don't try to twist the word of God around, okay? Don't try to use scripture to fit your needs. We must be careful to take care of our bodies, the things that we eat, the things that we put in us, we must be careful to study and understand what we're just tossing into our body to make sure it's good for us and healthy for us. Remember, the Bible says, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So the Lord cares about all things. He cares about your prosperity. He cares about your health that's physical and mental. And he cares about, most of all, your soul. So those are things we must understand as we be a steward of our temple. So stewardships of talents, as we move on to the next thing, it says God has given us, each of us, special talents. Since they are God-given, we should dedicate our abilities to God. He uses these gifts for his purpose to minister to others. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Man, our talents and special abilities, who do they belong to? They belong to God. We own nothing that he did not first give to us. God has entrusted us with this aptitude, with aptitudes and abilities to be good stewards. We must use these talents for God's glory and not our own glory. Satan will attempt to trick us into not using our gifts or to use them against God. It is important to understand this, that Satan will do everything he can to stop you from using what he has gifted you. See, Satan cannot do anything to the gift giver. The gift giver is God. And so he can't do anything to him. He tried to do that once and we beheld him like lightning fall from heaven. That's what the scripture says. And so he cannot attack the gift giver. So what he does is he attacks you and he attacks your character. He attacks you so that you stop using your gift. Everyone must understand here that your gift was given to you, not so that you can bless yourself is that it was given to you so that you can be a blessing to others. So when you stop using your gift, you're only hurting other people that God is putting around you to be a blessing to. When you stop, let me get personal, when you stop singing, when you stop playing, when you stop doing things that God has gifted you, you know what you can do, how well organized you are, structured you are, how you can help do these certain abilities and things that God has given you, is to be a blessing to other people. That is what it is for, to be a blessing to other people. So the enemy will attack you any way that he can so that you stop using your 
gift. And the problem is, is that we have too many children of God that will stop using their gift. And because they've wrapped everything up in their gift, they will stop praying. They will stop worshiping. They will stop coming to church. Everything just starts to crumble from there because they've stopped using their gift. And the, 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 the root cause, the root problem there is, is that regardless if you're able to use your gift as much as you want or not, that your, 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 your focus should be all about Jesus Christ. No matter if I'm able to use it once, if I'm able to use it all the time, it's all about when I have the chance to do it, I'm giving him the glory. Because if the glory's not going back to him, then who is going to? It's going to yourself. And then we're not being a good steward over what God has given us. And so it says here, Satan will attack to trick us into not using our gifts or to use them against God. Both are dishonorable and contrary to the plan of God. Nobody knows your abilities like you and God. We must take the gifts that God has given to us and use them for his service. As we move on to stewardship, in our treasures, we should be wise stewards of the financial resources God has given to us. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. There are many in our churches today, many people in our world today, but even in the church, that are only working just so they can earn more money, more money, more money, and it's only about money. It's not about anything else. It's not about blessing anybody else. It's not about helping anybody else. It's just about how can I get more money? The scripture says labor not to be what? Labor not to be rich. I have found, it's very interesting, uh, that when, when I used to live just for money, how I had less money. But then when I used to live for Jesus Christ and put him first in everything and he became the first fruits of my life, how God gave me more money. When I didn't even desire more income, God would give me more income. But when I was desiring the income, it seems like there was just holes in my pocket. You need to learn how to have a first fruit mentality and put God first in everything. And I'm telling you, God will give you more than what you can even handle because he knows that when you, when you have what you have, you're going to do right by it. You're going to do right by it. And so don't labor just to be rich. That's not being a good steward of your treasure. Look what Romans 13 and 8 says. It says, owe no man anything. If you borrow some money or borrow something from someone with the promise to give it back, give it back. That's really common sense there. Just, just give it back. I, I, it doesn't matter what it is. If you borrow $5, $1, $100, you say, hey, I'm going to give this back to you. Even if it takes you a while to give it back to them, have an intent to give it back. There's nothing like walking around people and you know you owe them something and you're trying to dodge them. Amen. you dodging them. You, you don't want to see them. You don't want them to see you because all you're thinking about is what you owe them. And they, they haven't forgot about it, but they don't think they're getting it back, so they don't care no more. They really don't. Folk, folks that, 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 that still, I know folks that still owe me $10. Oh, yes, I do. I know, I know I can say their names right now. They don't, they don't belong to this church. Don't worry about it, y'all. Okay? But when I see them, I, I, I'm not thinking about that because it's been two years since, since I gave them that money. 
I'm not getting that money back. I just want to see how you're doing. But they, oh, man, I still owe. I still owe pastor that $15 that he gave me. I'm like, brother, if I need $15 that bad, I will come. I know where you live. I'll come. I'll just come knocking on your door. Hey, hey, man, I need that $15 back. It says, oh, no, man, anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. When we come to the understanding that we are not our own and all that we have is first given to us by who? It's by God. We have a better understanding of a, what kind of view? A biblical view of all the areas of stewardship. See, treasure can include our time. Treasure can include our bodies, our relationships, our talents, and see much, much more. Treasure just isn't your money. Treasure is where your heart is. That's where treasure is. It's, 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 it's where your heart is. And many of us are putting a lot of things or a lot of treasures in things instead of putting God first. I'm going to say that again, instead of putting God first. But the emphasis ever since I've been here has been God first homes. And I wonder how many of us have been challenged and continue to challenge ourselves to have a God first home. Don't come in here praying in that prayer room and in here praying, talking about, Lord, give us a God-centered. We want a Jesus-centered church. We want this. We want that. And I want all of that. But you don't pray the same prayer at your house. Because I'm telling you, if you had a Jesus-centered home, we would have a Jesus-centered church. Because, because your house atmosphere, your home atmosphere would just come right on in here to the church. Because your home atmosphere is a part of you. And your home atmosphere, you're bringing that into the church. You better believe I know that because I feel it sometimes when I get up here preaching. I'm feeling things in my spirit that I know people are dealing with at home because I know that's not in this church. So obviously people are bringing things into the church that they're dealing with at home and they're trying to hide it with a smile and a handshake. But I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Amen. So there's certain times when I'm up here trying to preach and I feel like God's giving me a word, but something's tugging on my spirit because something's moving in this place. But it's not the spirit of God moving. It's a devil that is fighting and I feel it fighting. And then the battle in the mind begins to start in the preacher like, OK, do I step away from these notes? Do I step away from what this is and do I attack this thing that is bothering me right now? And now I've got to make a decision because is this something that's going to uh, compromise the body? Is this something that's affecting the entire body? Is this something that's affecting the church? Is this a, something that's affecting the, the flow? Or is just this one person that I need to deal with? Woo, I wish I could talk to some Holy Ghost filled people in here. Mm -hmm. But see, what you're dealing with on your job and in your home, you're bringing that right in here. It's not a coincidence that the scripture says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. It's in, it's in that order for a reason. It's so that you don't come in here with junk, sitting in here with junk, meditating on junk and allowing that junk to get in the atmosphere. Oh, I, I ain't even going to teach this today, but you can't have junk just sitting in here thinking that you just go sit in here. Nobody recognizes it because the people may not recognize it. But I'm telling you, there's a preacher that's standing up here feeling it the entire time. Yeah. Woo, hallelujah. 
feeling it the entire time. How you, you hear me say repeatedly, Lord, this is your church. We are your sheep. I am your vessel. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. I pray that every single time. Why? Because I need my flesh to be removed if I want the holy power of a holy God to move in this holy place. I believe some of us need to adopt your pastor's style. Help me, Lord, that my flesh won't get in the way. Help me to walk into your gates with thanksgiving, your courts with praise. Because when you can't thank the Lord and when you can't praise him, that's your flesh. That's nothing but flesh. That's flesh. Because you'll, you'll make a joyful noise in the spirit. You'll leap for joy in the spirit. There's liberty in the spirit, but your flesh. That's, that's, that's what it is. And, 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 and see, and, and why you can't overcome that is because that's where your treasure is. Amen. Go ahead and put your papers down. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I done hit a chord now. Yeah, I hit a chord. Go ahead and put them things down. Put your phones down. Put everything down. And, and see, that, that's, that's your flesh. And, 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 and so you, you've got to understand that when, when you're battling and hurting, you're not just affecting you. Your sin is against God, but it affects others. I give you a Bible. David, we know, put Uriah in the front of the line, had him killed, took Bathsheba, had a baby. The, the, God said there's going to be judgment. The baby had to die. All type of consequences took place. But David said, I sinned against God. But even though his sin was against God, it affected his entire family, even generations to come. Oh, you're not hearing me. Why? Because he didn't sacrifice that flesh when he seen Bathsheba over there. He should have sacrificed his flesh. He should have said, Lord, help me that my flesh won't get in the way. Mm -hmm. Because if he would have sacrificed his flesh, God still would have gave him a Solomon. God still would have gave him a Solomon. Solomon still would have came. But his flesh did what his flesh wanted to do and it affected generations to come. David had problems in his family forever. Forever he had problems with his family. I'm telling you, if you don't learn how to kill the flesh, you don't learn how to sacrifice that flesh and you got to get rid of that treasure that's in your flesh. You like your flesh too much. Some folks like their attitude. That, that's a problem. Right? You know, some, see, the world, when you can compliment someone and say, man, you, you just, you just kind of mean, you rough, you, you look tough. Some people like that. They take that as a compliment. So they maintain this toughness, this grit, this, this look, you know. I can't even do it, right? I can't, can't even do it. I'm still smiling while I'm doing it. Because I want to say, you look stupid. My wife's not here. I can say that right now. Ridiculous. You, 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 you're trying to fit an image, trying to fit a mold that don't even fit you. Uh -huh. So stop coming in here with the wrong clothes on and take off that garment of heaviness and put on a garment of praise. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know what your treasure is. I know what your treasure is because you can feel it. Hallelujah. You can feel it. You can do all you, oh, how you do. I'm good, Pastor. I'm good. And as soon as I shake your hand, I, I felt it right there. I feel it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I, I see exactly what is going on. 
I, I feel that. And there's some things I'm going to deal with right away. There's some things I'm just going to, let's just see. Let, let, let's, let, let's see if these individuals can pull themselves out of this situation or are they stuck in their own treasure? Woo, hallelujah. Because it's your treasure. Oh, trust me. Treasure. Treasure. Uh, my, my mind's going everywhere and, 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 and I'm going to get off track and, and come right back. But anybody uh, seen a cartoon named DuckTales? DuckTales? Okay, remember Duck... Yeah, yeah, don't sing. Let's stay sanctified now, okay? So, do you remember? I don't know DuckTales' name. I don't know if he had an, I don't even know. But he used to jump in a, a, a pool full of what? Gold. Huh, I got the wrong person? That's DuckTales, ain't it? That is DuckTales. Thank you. Yeah, it's DuckTales. Yeah. Oh, his name was Scrooge. Oh, Sister Matt, if you know the cartoon? Lord Jesus, I, that was the least. I, I, did, I did not think you would know. What the, wait till I tell my kids this one. Your Sunday school teacher knows DuckTales. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he would jump in that pool. I mean, uh, and he would just swim in it. Right. He loved his what? Treasure. And some of us are swimming in things we need to get out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, the problem is, is that you're staying afloat, but it's not the will of God for you to stay afloat in that mess. It's the will of God for you to get out of that mess so that you can be redeemed by the blood of the lamb. You're swimming in things that you should not be swimming in. Somebody needs to help me in the Holy Ghost right here. I need some spiritual folks that are spiritual that what's happened to the spirit because I'm trying to help the body of Christ and those all around that are watching. We got to come out our own treasure. Come out the ways of the world. Come out those things. We're not being good stewards. Hallelujah. Not being good stewards. Got to come out of that. Because you're not just affecting yourself. You think when you come in here and just sit in your own little treasure, you're affecting yourself. No, my friend, you're affecting everyone around you. You are literally affecting the atmosphere. You don't think you are because the enemy has got your mind where you are minimizing the power of the spirit. I didn't mean to get this deep tonight. You are minimizing the power of the spirit. You don't understand how powerful the spirit is. You don't understand how powerful the spirit realm is. Mm -hmm. The spirit realm is more powerful than your flesh. See, you think you've got control of your flesh, but no, it's the spirit that's got control of your flesh. And one spirit has your flesh. It's either the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit. I, I, I'm just telling you, your flesh right now is being controlled by either a Holy Spirit or an evil spirit. That's why the scripture says, quench not the spirit. Because if you quench it, that means the evil spirit that is controlling your flesh, you think you have control, but you don't. It's that spirit. And, and, and so that's why we've got to understand when we come into the house of God, we've got to come in here with the right mindset, the right attitude, regardless of what kind of day we've had throughout our day. And whatever's happening in your home, don't go back out of a powerful apostolic anointed service. Go back home to the same mess. You go in there and speak and proclaim victory in Jesus name. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is greater than the evil spirit. Yeah, you quote the scripture all the time. Greater is he that's in me than he is in him. Then use it. Use the word of God. Use your voice. Because if you go home and proclaim victory in your home, the devil's got to go. 
I'm sorry, but that evil spirit cannot stay in your house if you stand up and say, by the authority of your word and by the power that's in the name of Jesus, devil, get out of my house. Separation, get out of my house. Anger, get out of my house. It's got to go. I'm telling you, it has to go. That's why in scripture, anytime that Jesus showed up on the scene, the devils recognized who he was. That's why they would say, have you come here before our time? time is it have you come to torment us before our time even they recognize i've got a certain time frame i've got a certain time frame because as soon as jesus shows up my time is up and some of y'all are living in treasure so much and swimming in your filth so much that you're giving the enemy too much time you're giving him way too much time and he's just he's he's hoping that you never open up your mouth Because as soon as you put your foot in the ground, as soon as you make a decision to say no longer, am I helping somebody right now? I said no longer, no longer. So stop putting your head down, pick your head up because you're a child of God. You're a child of the king. Stop moping around here like you don't belong to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are a child of the king. If anybody should hold their head up high, it should be you and I. I don't need to hold up my head because of my money in the bank. I don't need to hold up my head because of the type of home I got. I hold up my head because I'm a child of the king. And and, and let me tell you, if you knew you was a child of a king, you would talk like you were a child of the king. Amen. I, 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 I don't like using my children as an example, uh, but, but I use it in this particular case. But there's times when they will go up to the New Day Cafe and they expect everything for free. <laughs> Sister Robinson had to go back behind him and, 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 and tell Sister Natalie and, and those that's working at the New Day Cafe, if my kids come up here, just tell me, I'll pay for it. They don't expect to pay. They said, my daddy's the pastor here. <laughs> New Day Cafe workers, am I telling the truth? knuckleheads yeah that's 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 that's, they they expect that but but you know what i love what they're saying from a spiritual mentality because if we knew who we were and who our daddy is we would walk into any situation and say devil get up out of here do you know who my daddy is devil get out my situation do you know who my daddy is i'm not paying no more i'm not giving up no more but i'm gonna stand flat-footed and believe in the father of all creation Come on, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Magnify the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if we want to be good stewards, let's just start there. How about that? Because what I'm teaching today, you can go home and reread this, but it, it won't matter if you don't know who your father is and if you don't exercise the authority that you have within you and stop swimming in your treasure Get rid of your treasure, your flesh, and start walking in the spirit. And start believing in the spirit. And start believing in the spirit. Mm. I love when God takes over. You start walking in the spirit. Amen. And then therefore, when you do that, you become a help to the service and not a hindrance to the service. I have I have preached more sermons across this platform where the people in the church, the believers, the members are causing more hurt than they are helping. Amen. 
I'm talking about in the spirit right now. Are, are, are you, are, am I understanding? I'm talking about in the spirit. Because if we come with the right mindset, the right attitude in the spirit, I'm telling you, the devil has no chance anyway. But when people come in here, whether they're a backslider or whether they're a first time guest, and there's nothing hindering them around them. You're not hearing me because there can be a pocket full of guests over here and a pocket full right over here. But if you don't have the right attitude, the right spirit, your spirit is going to hinder all of them from receiving why they even came here in the first place. Woo. But if we came here with the right spirit, the right mindset, the right worship, I'm telling you nothing. It doesn't matter what baggage they come in here with. Nothing can stop the powerful move of God. Amen. Amen. 